because we live in a broken world full of sin, it is pretty safe to assume that most of us, if not all of us, have been hurt by someone, probably deeply hurt by someone. And yes, all of our situations and circumstances are, you know, potentially unique, but, but I wonder as you watched that video, as you saw those signs, is it possible that one of them potentially reminded you of a way that you've been hurt or experienced hurt or pain? Maybe something that's happened to you or is happening to you. And in that video, each person, though, they, they made a decision. And they made a decision to, to flip the script, if you will. And they took, um, they took a, a message of hurt and pain that was on one side, and, and they turned it around into a message of forgiveness. And that, that is being more like Jesus. Because forgiveness was his speciality. Forgiveness was his speciality. And, and today we're going to talk about why it's important to forgive others, how we can do it with Jesus' help. And we're going to talk about also receiving forgiveness because some of us struggle with that too. So I want to just give you a scenario real quick for just a second. Um, by the way, if you do have your Bible app, um, or your phone, or um, you're able to, to follow along there. We aren't handing out, obviously, as you know, uh, any notes or anything, but if you would like to follow along with the notes, and for those of you that are watching at home, uh, if you're not watching on your phone, you can pull up the Bible app, and you can follow along with the notes there. Um, you just go down to events, uh, which would be in the little uh, button on the bottom right that has some lines on it, and uh, go to events in there, search for Connect Church in Akron, Ohio and you'll find us there. But let me give you this scenario as maybe you're, you're finding that on the Bible app. Um, let's say you get a phone call and that phone call comes from, uh, from NASA and SpaceX and it's Elon Musk. And so if you don't know who that is, um, he's the guy that uh, just launched, uh, was, you know, was part of launching the, uh, the Falcon rocket uh, to put some astronauts back into space. And the plan is for us to go to Mars in the next, what is it, like four years, five years? By 2030, maybe, something along those lines, we're going to put people on Mars, um, which, which is cool and, and all of that. Um, but let's say that they give you a call and they're like, yo, I need some help. We need help down here and we called you. And so would you come down and help us out? We're struggling with this Falcon 9 rocket and, uh, and we need your help. And so for some reason, you say, okay. Um, now, I don't know if any of, any of you are rocket scientists here. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that you're not. So this analogy still works for you. Um, if any of you are, you know, I guess raise your hand, or if you're watching online and, you're a, and you are a rocket scientist, cool. I guess this doesn't work for the, like, 0.01% that might be that. But anyway, um, you get down there. You get off the plane, and you walk into NASA. You walk into the huge building, and they show you the the Falcon rocket that's there, and they throw you a screwdriver, and it's a slotted screwdriver. It's not a, which nobody uses other than to pry things open, and a, uh, and a pair of pliers, and they're like, yeah, we need your help, get to it. And they send you in there. And you're like, what? Because you don't even know where to start. And I feel like so many times in our life, when it comes to this area, that's, that's us. We end up walking into a spiritual issue with ourself 
and we don't, we're not equipped. We don't have the right tools. We don't even know where to begin. And we try to fix it. And we try to fix it. And, and it seems far-fetched, but, but that scenario is very much how we do. And we forget that Jesus is the only one that can fix it. Jesus is the only one that can fix it. We're not equipped enough to fix ourselves with ourselves. And the reason it, it doesn't work is because we are trying to fix ourselves with ourselves. And you can't fix yourself with yourself. That's why this scenario that a lot of us go, tell, tell me if this sounds familiar to you. There's a, there's a specific sin maybe that you're struggling with and you mess up. Lord, I promise I won't do it again. Just help me and I, I, I promise I won't do it again and I vow from this day forward I will never do it again. And then you mess up and you do it again and you're like, okay, Lord, this time, this is the last time. Lord, I promise I'll never do it again. Forgive me. God, please forgive me, and I promise I'll never do it again. And then you mess up again. Lord, I promise this time was the last time. Forgive me. I'll never do it again. I vow to never do it again. And you just keep going. I think all of us can relate to that in a certain, to a certain degree. And, you, and the reason that that happens is this. is because you can't fix yourself with yourself, and we try. We keep trying to fix ourselves with ourselves. Our dedication and our drive to, uh, to, to get it right is never enough to overcome our own sin. And the more we try, the more we fail, and the more we're left feeling just completely defeated and frustrated. Take a look at this verse in 1 John 1.9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let me read that again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let's start right here. And let's start with maybe, if, if this message is maybe already speaking to you and making you a little uncomfortable and squirm, good. But let's start here. And let's start with this verse. And this may be a verse that you need to say over and over and over again this week. This may be a verse that you need to memorize. In fact, all of us really should memorize this verse. Because there's so much truth in this as a, as a place to start. Because our sin creates an, an earthly separation. And true forgiveness, true forgiveness is found when we, when we humble ourselves, when we humble our heart before God and before our loved ones maybe before the, in, in front of those that we've hurt. And God hates separation, the separation that our sin has created. He hates it. And so if we're going to close the gap, because it's time for us to close the gap with, with true forgiveness from the Father and, and from those that maybe our sin has hurt, and we are fooling ourselves if we believe that our sin doesn't affect other people or those around us or the relationships that, that we have. Because our sin creates shockwaves around us. How many times have you maybe heard this or saw this or thought this when someone says, well, something along the lines of this, I'm, I'm not hurting anyone. With what I'm doing, I'm not hurting anyone. It doesn't affect you. Boy, is that the best justification for sin. 
in the world that gets used all the time. Let me, have a, let me, let me just throw something out that kind of refutes that. Sin makes you stupid. Sin makes us stupid. Because we try to justify our own sin. I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. And if you're being honest with yourself, and you really are being honest with yourself, you will admit to that phrase. Sin makes you stupid. Our sin makes us stupid. It makes us selfish. And it makes us justify things to ourselves and to others around us. And so what do we do? Where do we start? Well, we need to start with humbleness, meekness, and genuine repentance. That's the next point. Humbleness, meekness, and genuine repentance. Genuine. Not just half-hearted, I'll say it because that's what I'm supposed to say. Authenticity is a huge thing today. Authenticity makes all the difference in the world. An authentic repentance here. Humbleness. When we, when we talk about the word humbleness there, a good way to look at that is valuing others above yourselves. Valuing others above yourselves. Meekness, meaning the opposite, really, of self-interest. We're a very selfish and self-interested society. Very much. Look through your Facebook feed for like three seconds. We are the opposite of these things in many ways. And then repentance. And we're going to talk about repentance here in just a second, but repentance is a big, big part of this that a lot of times gets overlooked and not even mentioned. Because repentance, really a good way to look at that means turn, just to turn away from. But these things characterize authentic forgiveness. Colossians 3.13 says this, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. That's not open for interpretation there, and I don't really see any gray area, yet we try to. This is pretty blunt and hard-hitting. Forgive anyone who offends you, if I feel like it. No. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. This is tough. This is tough. If we want to be more like Jesus, this is something we need to strive for. This is hard. Because some things are really hard to get over. You're right. I don't know what you're going through, what you've gone through, what has happened to you. I don't. God does. And that doesn't change the reality of this verse. And it's difficult. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Living an authentic Christian life is the hardest thing that you will ever do. You're not always going to get it right. And this, quite frankly, is something that we're going to struggle with for the rest of our lives. If anybody has gotten this one right, please let me know. <laughs> Come on up. This is hard. This is difficult. But here's the thing. As a follower of Jesus, if we call ourselves follower of Je followers of Jesus, what you're signing up for, you have lost the right to hate. You have lost the right to devalue people. You have lost the right to be racist. You've lost the right to hold a grudge. You've lost the right for those things if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. We are to love. We are to give grace. We are to forgive. And there is no gray area there. That's just how it is. 
And so if we're going to seek forgiveness, we can't seek it just in word alone. Just, oh, I forgive you. Okay, forgive you. And then, like, what is that? That's never going to bring about authentic change. Just saying the words out loud. When we accept forgiveness from the Lord, it's best seen through our humbleness, through our attitude, the way in which we act. And when, when we as believers, we bow in repentance and, and we fully understand the separation that our sin creates between our Heavenly Father and us and other people and us. And then the forgiveness of God is poured out. But see, conviction and repentance are two different things. Conviction and repentance are two different things. A lot of times what we do is we stop here. We feel convicted. We feel bad. And then we just stop. Oh, well, I feel bad, so that, that's probably good enough. I felt bad. I'm sorry, I feel bad. That's not enough. When we talk about seeking forgiveness from the Lord about our sin, the, the Holy Spirit will convict us, yes, revealing our sin, absolutely. But, but conviction, conviction is really seeing our sin the way that God sees it, that, that we are broken and, and guilty and, and unable to save ourselves. And I think a lot of times we can, we can get there. Some of us, some of us quite frankly, live there in, in that spot. But repentance, though, that's the result of conviction. That's the action step. That's the action step. Repentance really means to um, a sincere turning away from, right? If I'm going to repent from my cup, <laughs> I'm going to turn away from my cup, never to go back. That's a simple definition of repentance. But, but what do we do? Well, I'm thirsty. I really was thirsty. But that's what we do. We go back. We turn around and we go back to that thing. Instead of repenting, repenting means to sincerely turn away both in mind and heart, from self to God. A sincere turning away from. And a lot of times people believe, believers believe that conviction is enough. That we feel convicted enough and we never truly turn away from our sin. We never truly do. And, and, and we become frustrated when we feel defeated and sin creeps back into our life and, and we feel worthless. And it's because we're we're not seeking a right standing with God. We're just hoping for a better morality. And, and this is the difference. There's nothing wrong with having a better morality. That's not what I'm saying, but that's not what God is seeking for us. Follow me on this. This might sound weird, but it's not. God is seeking for us to be holy. He's seeking holiness for us, not a better morality. And when we are seeking holiness, a result of that will be a better morality. So if we start with seeking holiness, and holiness really just means to be set apart, to be set apart and, and striving to be more like Jesus. And when that happens, you, you, can't, you can't strive to be holy and the result not be a better morality. It's, it, it doesn't work. It's got to be both. But we can't start with just wanting a punch list. And a checklist of, oh, I don't do this, I do do this. I don't do this, I do do that. And so there we go. Now I'm, no, 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 no. We need to seek the holiness of God. And all of those things will start to fall in place if we are seeking the holiness of God first. And we seek that through repentance. 
We seek that through, um, through starting with conviction, through repentance. God desires holiness. And our identity should be in Christ. And when we seek that, the byproduct is going to be a better morality. Because your forgiveness and mine costs something. Your forgiveness costs something. And we forget that. It's not free. Your forgiveness was not free. The true best picture of forgiveness was the cross of Jesus. The cross that, that he was on that was motivated by the love of the Father to pay for your sin and for mine because of the debt of our sin that needed to be paid. And the cross reveals the seriousness of sin because if our sin wasn't, as, wasn't all that big a deal, do you think Jesus would have gone through exactly what he went through if it wasn't that big a deal? He went through the absolute worst of everything for you and for me. So to write off our sin like it was no big deal is to devalue the cross. When we understand what Jesus has done to forgive us, it makes it much more difficult to continue in our sin. Doesn't mean we won't sin. We are sinful people. We are still going to sin. Don't get me wrong. But when we really get our head around what Jesus did for us so that we could be forgiven, it really should make going back to that sin, to those sins, more difficult because of the weight of that. Accepting forgiveness really means accepting the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as payment for your sin. It's paid in full. It cost God everything, but it cost us nothing. It cost us nothing. It's why we worship him. Because when we accept God's forgiveness for our sin, it's one of the best things that we can do because we experience the freedom of Jesus. We experience the freedom that comes from accepting the forgiveness of God. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says this, this means that anyone, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone, a new life has begun. Maybe you've heard this verse many times. I hope it looks different to you now. I hope maybe you, you have a different perspective on this verse for a second. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person because we've been forgiven. And we try so hard. Because forgiveness brings new life. Forgiveness brings new life to us. I don't care what stage or season of life you're in. Forgiveness brings new life. And when we get held down and chained down by our sin, that's never fun. That's never fun. But we begin to believe the lie as truth when that happens. We start looking at other things and we, we, we get a different perspective on it and we twist it. We start justifying things. But Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on the cross is proof of new life that he wants to create in you. Your death is conquered. Your sin is forgiven. Your new life, new life is yours because of that. And we need to accept that forgiveness and walk in freedom. 
The old way of life is gone and it no longer defines you. Hear that. Look at me. It no longer defines you. Yet we allow it to. And we keep allowing it to creep back in. But let's go to the other side here for a second. What about offering that to others? Because that's another thing that holds us back and weighs us down. Accepting forgiveness from the Lord is great. It's awesome. When we understand it, we can offer forgiveness much easier. Look what Jesus said in Mark 11. This was the verse at the end of the video. He said, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Jesus didn't pull any punches, did he? This is another verse where there's, I don't find any gray area or room for interpretation here. This is pretty cut and dry. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. There's no like, if it's this bad or that bad. Listen, this is hard. As we talked about a couple of months ago, God, there's no degree to sin to God. He, sin is sin. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. See, when we withhold forgiveness, we're, we're keeping people in debt. Think about it that way. But unlike a financial obligation where maybe you know what the payment needs to be there, you know what repayment looks like when it's a financial obligation. When it comes to this, you, you don't because nobody can quite define it can you? Nobody could quite define it. And when we hold a grudge, in many ways, what we're saying is that you owe me something, but, uh, but I'm really not quite sure what that is. And forgiveness cancels the debt. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Again, this is really cut and dry. When God forgives us, let me say this. He doesn't condone our wrongdoing. Please don't misunderstand me here. He's not condoning what's been done. When we forgive, we're not condoning what's been done. We're just not holding somebody under the weight, under the foot of that anymore. It doesn't eliminate the consequences. Yes, there's no degree to sin, but there are different levels of consequences. There are consequences for our sin. There always will be. When we rebel against God, there are always consequences. But what, what God is saying here is he's simply saying, I am no longer going to hold you accountable for the debt that you have, incur that you have incurred against me. You're no longer accountable for that. And it's the same when we forgive one another. We release that person or people. Forgiveness cancels debt. Forgiveness cancels debt. And anyone who has ever become debt-free, they will tell you that there is no greater feeling in the world. I don't know that feeling. But I'm told there is no greater feeling in the world. 
So my connection point is this. Be more like Jesus and cancel the debt. Cancel the debt. We let things weigh us down and we let petty stuff, and I'm, not everything's petty, don't get me wrong, but man, there's so much freedom to walk in when we remember the freedom that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. When we remember what Jesus has done for us and we remember and we really own that and we really have an understanding of the weight of our sin and what Jesus did for us so that our sin could be canceled and so that that debt could be paid. It is paid. It has been paid. There's some of you here and, and watching online that are just feel like you're walking around with a backpack full of bricks. I want you to hear this right now. You need to stop trying. Stop trying because you don't need more resolve. You don't need to try harder. You need to totally surrender. We need to totally surrender. We need to raise the white flag and surrender. What you need to realize is that you are not the solution. You are not the solution. You're trying to solve a problem that has already been taken care of. And we all do it. Would you bow your heads? If you know Jesus, sin has already been overcome for you. Jesus defeated the sin in your life. So stop allowing it to grip you. You're free. Live in that freedom. Walk in that freedom. Maybe you need to pray today. Not that you would have more commitment to live a life free from, from sin, but that you would experience the freedom that Jesus paid for. Because you can't live a life completely free of sin because we all sin but you can't experience the freedom that Jesus paid for. If you'd like to live in that freedom and to walk in that freedom, maybe you just need to, to give this up to the Lord today and maybe you need to make some things right with some people in your life. And there may be some of you here or watching that need to meet Jesus for the first time and realize that he loves you no matter what and that there's nothing you can do to make him love you more and there's nothing you can do to make him love you less and you just need to, you just need to, to stop trying so hard and give it over to him. Father, I love you. I thank you so much, God, for your love for us. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you that you don't hold things over our heads, even though we do that to ourselves. God, we, we sometimes take the weight of things that people have done to us, or maybe even things that we do, and we just we keep walking around with that backpack of bricks. Father, I pray that we would put that down and realize that you're standing right there to carry it and to take it. 
God, I believe that there might be some people in our life that we need to uh, make things right with, that we need to release them. We need to cancel the debt. And God, if somebody then comes to us, Lord, help us to, to, to give that acceptance of forgiveness back. Lord, I thank you for the sacrifice you made for us on the cross. Lord, help us to really walk in, in freedom because of that. Help us to understand the weight of what you did for us and allow that to help us to walk in freedom so that we can be more like you. Because Jesus, if we are going to be more like you, we need to be people that forgive. We need to be kind, compassionate, loving, forgiving people. That is what's going to make a difference in this world, Father, is us individually being more like you. So I pray that we would do that. God, I thank you for this time that we've been able to get together, to worship together, Lord, to learn from your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to move. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if, uh, if, if maybe you need to pray, um, you need somebody to, to talk to, you, you want to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, whether you're here or you're watching online, um, I'd love to talk to you if you're here. Um, I would certainly love to talk with you and pray with you. Um, for those of you that are watching online, please feel free to reach out to us, connectchurch.xyz slash next. There's a ton of information there about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, how you can be forgiven. Um, and please reach out to us on there if you have made a decision. I'd, I'd love to get in contact with you as well. Um, uh, for the rest of us here, thank you so much for being here. Let me just uh, say this as we do dismiss. We are still attempting the social distancing aspect of this. Um, so if, uh, if you do want to hang out and talk, I get it. But maybe please do that in the parking lot if possible. Um, and instead of just congregating like around here, we just still want to be. We're, we're erring on the side of caution and grace and health and safety. And so our personal preferences we're putting aside for godly principles so let's continue to do that. Thank you so much for being here. Love you guys. See you next Sunday.